Welcome to the Founder Source Daily Podcast. Um, we've built this really to be the place that we really discuss the reality of that, the reality that entrepreneurs are facing, and the realities that startups are facing and small businesses. These are not normal times. Um, what business as usual looked like yesterday is not what business as usual looks like today. And we have to prepare for this new reality, adapt to this new reality, and realize that it is a new reality. So it's not just, you know, something that's going to pass and after this, things will go back to normal. You need to prepare yourself for a new normal, a completely shaped, newly shaped reality of what the world is. Um, we are officially two hours away from a lockdown in South Africa. Um, which effectively means small businesses cannot operate. Um, only essential services can operate. This is um, a guide that is sort of made by the South African government um, to really control the spread of the COVID-19 virus. It has had, it will have incredible implications for small businesses and I think today what we really want to focus on is where small businesses are and how much more we think we, they can navigate in this time. Um, Ubele, how you doing? I'm good, Mesh. How are you, man? I'm feeling good. Um, how are you feeling about the lockdown? Um, it seems like it's a party in South Africa. I heard there's a, there's a countdown. <laughs> So it's so like New Year's Eve. That's the scary thing. Like people are like, yeah, it's like it's like New Year's Eve, man. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I'm looking at this um sort of screenshot you sent me of a report from I think it was J.P. Morgan. Yeah. Am I wrong? Right. Okay. Not you correct. Okay. Um. Just walk us through what this graph is and you know how it works. Cool. So. The report is fairly old, right? It was done in 2015. But the essence of the report is just, it just measures cash buffers for small businesses. Essentially, what that means is that how much cash small businesses would have on hand if everything goes to zero, essentially sales, right? So there's four components to the report or four fi findings, which are which are crucial to the report, right? But the overarching theme is that uh, small businesses on average have 27 days of cash on hand, right? So number one would be the average daily cash inflows and the average daily cash outflows, right? So how much comes into the business and how much leaves the business? Number two would be how much cash the businesses have on hand, right? That's accumulated cash, to say, okay, how much money does a small business have in the bank account at that particular day? Then number three, which follows number two, is essentially the tw the average is 27 days, right? It differs from industry, but on average it's 27 days. And the last one was essentially just, just saying that labor-intensive businesses or low-wage industries have less cash on hand than capital-intensive industries or high-intensive uh, in or, or high-wage industries, which would be uh, construction versus uh, a tech company. Yes, um, construction has low-wage um, workers and a technology company has 
uh, high wage workers. But you know, you know, the high tech the high tech company will essentially have more cash than the low wage the the low wage labor intensive company. But I, I really want to to dig in deeper into all four of those components, and then we can walk through like how it affects different industries. If that's fine with you, let's go through it. Cool. So number one, right? It's a uh, it's more the, the report itself is more biased to um, the U.S. companies, but the overarching uh, or the basis of it is that small businesses across the world suffer from the same things, right? So I did a bit of conversions on the numbers just to make it um, relevant to South Africa, right? So on average, uh, small businesses take in six thousand four hundred rand a day, but outflows are 6,300. So that says small businesses only keep in about 100 rand a day. <laughs> so that's, so that's, that essentially across, across America or across the world is that small businesses operate on a break even basis. I, I don't know what you think about that, but it, that, that's, that's quite ins- insane in terms of like, even though you're running a business, it's essentially, you know, hand to mouth. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, so, you know, I, I think it's a reality that a lot of small businesses will, in South Africa specifically, will identify with. Um, you always hear about the cash flow issues that most small businesses um, have, and also just the need for capital. Um, being a constant thing, not necessarily, you know, something to push, you know, a certain project, um, grow in a certain direction or expand in any way. It's really yeah. always around um, cash flow to try and keep the business going. And I think that's something that a lot of people can identify with. Um, you know, yes, this is U.S. data, but the reality for small businesses and entrepreneurs globally is something that most of them share. So, um, yep. Do you want to go into each one of them quickly? Yeah, let me just finish all four of them and then we can just have a general conversation, right? So the second one is how much cash uh, businesses, small businesses have on hand on a daily basis, right? And this one is really, really skewed to the US given that, you know, on average, they say small businesses have about 200,000 rand on cash on hand, right? Which in a good economy, that's... You know, that is plausible. You can understand businesses having that much cash on hand. But South African's economy hasn't grown in the last, uh, 67 years. And that, that, that doesn't make sense in, in South Africa. But that translates into something more deepening in that how much do actual small businesses have on hand? Let's say if sales goes to zero today, how many days would they last? just servicing the expenses, right? On average, that cash buffer in America is 27 days, right? But it differs from industry to industry. And it that that that's an average. Some industries it's more it's more and some industries it's less, right? And we you can understand or we can have a general you know, you you can think for yourself that okay, which industry would be most affected if their sales goes to zero? And that is retail. Yep. If sales go to zero to retail, you know, they have approximately 16 days to make it work or even less, right? Yep. 
and and the most would be um around 63 days would be real estate mm. right so your landlord has money <laughs> oh yeah he definitely has money you're, you're, i paid him i paid him <laughs> it doesn't matter what happens right it's the nature of business or humans in general the first thing that you pay is your rent or your mortgage Right, mm. you need to have a roof over your head. That's why real estate has more money than retail, right? And there's a discrepancy in there's like, and if you look at the chart, like I would like to plub, like to publish a blog post about this. Like if you can look at the chart and you'll see the people that or the industries that are below average are the ones that are really, really labor intensive, like construction, your your mate restaurants, your repairs and maintenances, like your mechanics, right? And then when you move over to to the other side, like wholesalers, like people who have machineries, you know, like your high-tech solutions, they have cash to survive this essential lockdown winter. Yeah. So um, I think what we can do is definitely publish a blog article um, on Founder Source. And just have you really go into this in detail. Um, I think that would be super, super impactful. Um, what's your assessment of the, you know, we, we are talking about US data, but like we've tried to really make it make sense for the South African market. Um, what's your assessment of something like, you know, restaurants in a case like this, right? So they are obviously shutting down like completely zero, right? That's down to zero. What's the yeah. days that they have, um, on estimate? So restaurants have essentially uh, sixteen days cash on hand, right? Mm. That's 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 the average restaurant. That's the like, but you can understand that there's different types of restaurants. There's high end, there's there's fast food and whatnot. But on average, you know, excluding your McDonald's and stuff, on average, a restaurant has sixteen days of cash on hand, right? So what ha- whatever happens in this twenty one day cycle. Most restaurants should should close down. I think there was um there was a there was a short video uh by uh Andy Lekumalo uh from I am an entrepreneur asking the, the head lady of the Association of Re- of Restaurants in South Africa about how restaurants are navigating this. They are in serious dire situation because this thing didn't start is not going to start for them tomorrow. It started for them like last week, Sunday, when the president instituted that, you know, after six o'clock, you guys are not allowed to sell alcohol, which majority of the money they make through alcohol, right? So, yeah, like the, the restaurant industry in South Africa is really, really, really dire, right? For those who are to survive like this lockdown winter, like what they should do is essentially diversify how they access their customer, right? So at the office, we have that lady who sells um, pizzas. I forgot the name of the, the place. Urban right? Brother. That's the best Urban Brother. pizza place in Joburg. How can yeah. you, what disrespect <laughs> is this that you decided <laughs> to forget? I apologize. I'll, I'm very uncultured. Uh, and I'm, I'm more of a debonese kind of guy. <laughs> <laughs> but think about Urban Brothers, right? Urban Brothers is essentially a hole-in-the-wall restaurant. But on weekends, 90% of their revenue, and I even asked that lady, 90% of the revenue comes from 
uh, delivery apps. Right. So that so would be Uber Eats, um, Uber Mr. Eats, Mister D, um, D order in, yeah, and what an order in, right? So restaurants need to find like another way to access the customers. So essentially, what's going to happen now is that you won't have that that middle class restaurant that everybody can go to. You you either have your high end restaurants and those ones who cater for for wherever the customer is. Mm. All right. So if I am in Parkers, I need to serve a customer in Santin within 90 minutes. Mm. So, so essentially there's no, there won't be any essence of middle class restaurants. There'll be high end ones that survive like your tashes. And then you'll have the, the guys who you try to access the customers anyway. Mm. That's yeah. that's that's crazy. Um, so, in terms of, um, I think another really interesting one for me was um, personal services. Um, so it has you know um, a hair and beauty sort of icon on it. Um, so it's mainly you know um, beauty salons, uh, barbers, um, spas, yeah. that sort of thing. They had a, a average um, day of twenty one days of survival if cash went to zero in terms of income. Um, yeah. What was your assessment of that? I mean, I, I guess right now it, it's it's such an interesting thing for me because maybe it's because of my own frame of reference. That is not something I spend a lot of money on. Um, it's not mm-hmm. something I'm constantly pursuing. Um, yeah. But 21 days, which is much higher than restaurants and much higher than um, retail. What do you think that is? Uh, it's, it's purely a supply issue, right? So they don't... They don't have extensive capital outlay, right? You go in, you get a haircut. They probably have, um, a, like, um, a wall, like, hair trimmer or whatever they use. And they bought that for like 600 rand and they cut a lot of people throughout. But what is interesting about that, that on a day to day cash inflow, personal services takes in the least amount, mm. right? Less. Less than repairs and maintenance. Like it's the, like literally the bottom. Like in this report, it's about $216, which is about 3000 Rand average on a day. Right. So even if, you know, they take in less, they don't have that supply issue where they need to, you know, get resources upfront in order for them to cut your hair. They probably have those things on hand. That's why. But on a cash basis, they are cash poor. Because they take in the least amount of money on a daily basis. Ah, uh, understood. And I, th- I think another one that was in- interesting for me was, um, you know, retail had the highest amount of days, but next to that was high tech services. Um, and in that, I'd also include just um, startups, basically, right? So guys that are yeah. making different products and stuff like that. So they had about thirty-three days, which is right next to real estate. Um, yeah. You no, know, I'm looking at that and I'm going, you know, who who can make money right now? And you think about the sort of things we were speaking about yesterday, like Zoom, Slack, um, tools that help other people um, be able to do amazing things online. Um, it makes sense. And it also makes sense for something like, say, Rain, right? Um, I don't imagine Rain to have yep. a thousand people working in their building. Yeah. Um, yeah. You can imagine that. Um, because of what they're doing, they they probably have a much bigger, longer runway, right? So, I get that. But what were your thoughts around the, that one as well? 
They do, right? So high-tech solutions differ, right? And it also builds into the finding number four where, yes, they have high cost in terms of their work capacity, in terms of the people that they employ. But based on what they can accomplish, people will give them money regardless of the situation. So even if Rain is having capacity issues right now, they say, okay, no, this capacity issue is going to take us six months to solve, right? But we need X amount of rands or dollars to solve them. Somebody's going to give them money because of the upside of, of it, right? When you think about rain and you think about a restaurant, right, they don't have the same upside. Right? Rain is a technology-based company and then a restaurant is a physical store where you'll need to buy real estate for you to grow rather than gaining customers who are going to pay you on a recurring basis for your product in the long term. Yeah. Okay, right. cool. So, so, yeah. So no, the CAC of it plays please, into please, this situation. No, please go into it. I, I, we keep interrupting each other. What, what are you saying? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm saying like, like, like the CAC or the cost to acquire a consumer on rain side and the cost to acquire a consumer from a restaurant or a construction services company are totally different. Mm. Right. So, you know, you can, you, you, you can forecast like the CAC or cost of acquiring a consumer to decrease on rain side, but for you to have a physical building, You'll, you know, you'll have to expand that building to another one, to another one. So your, your cost will increase over time to acquire a lot of consumers. So that's, that's the difference in, in, in essence between techno, high growth technology startups as well as like other companies. Yeah. So what do you think is, is the solve here, right? So, you know, I'm a business. I've now assessed this sort of thing to go, you know, I can survive the next 60 days. Um, what are the solves for people that are going, you know what, I can only survive, you know, 18 days? Um, is it about raising money? Is it about trying to find ways that you can save money? Um, what are the solves do you see? Uh, unfortunately, Mash, in this situation, it's really dire, right? And the only solutions I have are on um, a personal basis, like individuals in South Africa for them to survive, right? So if if you're a business and you don't have cash, like you have eight days runway and then you're gonna close and you're gonna close in the midst of of um of the of the lockdown, it's highly unlikely for you, you know, to operate after, right? You'll have to file for chapter eleven bankruptcy and then you'll have to go through the legal proceedings of laying off your staff, right? And it's it's really unfortunate that we are in this situation, but I believe the government has like a big a big uh, part to play in this situation. Just taking from what the US has done, like now I'll, I'll think around. Okay, South Africa has instituted a monetary policy of quantitative easing. <laughs> I know I'm, I'm using a, a bunch of big words, but quantitative easing is essentially a monetary policy where the South African Reserve Banks decides to buy um, assets in the market, like um, like government bonds, yeah. corporate debt, yeah. right? Essentially to keep businesses or big businesses alive so they can trickle down 
their earnings to the lower guys. That doesn't necessarily work because trickle-down economics doesn't, doesn't work the way people should work, right? But on the fiscal side where the government or treasury can do is adapt what um, the Americans do, did, um, which is essentially giving every adult in South Africa essentially a paycheck, right? Yeah. So, so giving, giving every adult in South Africa like a thousand rand and every child 500 rand. So if you are a household of, of six, you, your wife and your four kids, essentially you guys get 4,000 rand check just to survive. And with that, they could institute a, a law that says it's illegal to charge people rent in this period. And it's illegal for you to pay a bond in this period. So now you alleviate the pressure on land, on, on, on landlords as well as rental and as well as your, 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 your rental, your rental people. Right. So, cause rent essentially is the biggest cost in any family. And if that cost is taken away and money is pumped into their pockets on that other side, they will be able to survive this, you know, this, this lockdown and even probably a month and a half, a month and a half further. Really hoping that someone is listening to this and going, you know what? I'm going to speak to someone about this. <laughs> nah, man. <laughs> um, so for me, honestly, the, the way I look at it is, um, and we spoke about runway yesterday, um, about how much oh. do you have to survive um, this whole period and what it might mean for your business and all of that. And the reality is we're all still learning what the implications of this whole thing will be, um, the damage that it will do, um, whether it's to unemployment or small business growth, um, there's going to be an impact. And yeah. um, with small businesses, really, it's, it's, it's really about adapting. And we try to do this with the digital tools just to show people the different things that you could possibly be implementing now so that when things open up, you really are prepared um, to take advantage of the opportunities that exist. So please keep listening to the podcast. Um, we really try to do these as much as... Um, as well as possible and pack in as much information as possible. Um, check out foundersource.com. The source is not felt um, as a source of hope, but more of a tomato source. So please listen, check out the website and see what opportunities you can find, the communities you can join, the content that you can watch, um, the tools that you can use, and the resources that we've put together to try and educate people about this. Um, thank you so much, Ubele. I think that was a a fairly good episode. Yeah. Uh, thank, thanks, Mash. Um, I'm looking forward to your Facebook Live tomorrow. <laughs> <Ugh>. <laughs> I won't lie. I think um, live is a really interesting content format. I think we should chat about comp- content tomorrow. It's just, well, no, I think you know, content creators have I such an amazing it, opportunity man. right now. Good luck, man. Cheers. Thank you so much. Cheers, man. Well, did you stop the recording? Okay.